Hello and welcome to another episode of the Autos and Airways podcast. I'm your host, Alex Shum. Today we are joined by my friend, Kristen Thule. You got it. I got it. <laughs> yes. Um, she is one of my Instagram friends and she has competed in the Rebel Rally twice, correct? Twice. Yeah. Uh, a diehard Land Rover enthusiast, uh, off-road enthusiast as well, and just a car enthusiast in general. So uh, Kristen, thank you so much for coming on. I'm looking forward to uh, discussing all sorts of interesting stuff with you today. Thanks for having me, Alex. <laughs> I'm glad of course. So uh, as always, we start off with cars and bids. So I'll pull up a car that you um, chose, which you chose a long time ago, because we were supposed to do this a long time ago, and life yeah. got in the way. <laughs> That's okay. It so, still has everything on, uh, even if it's sold already. <laughs> yeah. So you want to talk about that? Ooh, well, uh, I, it's a 2004 uh, Land Rover Discovery 2. It's an SE trim. Um, you know, the 2004 is nice because the more I was learning about Land Rovers, you know, that's the one you want because it has a locking center differential. Mm -hmm. um, this one is a really clean example. I don't know if this one's ever even seen dirt, <laughs> which if I'm buying a used car, I, you know, grabs my attention for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, the, the, uh, 4.6 liter V8. I am a sucker for V8s. Mm -hmm. uh, ironically, I have the SCV6 and a 2015 LR4, which I do love. But uh, I'm I'm kind of a you know a, a classic nerd when it comes to the engines. Mm -hmm. I like that V8 power. So yeah, so do I. And, um... I was worried going from a V8 LR4 to a four-cylinder turbo Defender, but in reality, it's the difference in acceleration is pretty much the same. It's like half a second slower in the new one. So, yeah, but that turbo, you, that turbo makes all the difference. <laughs> it, it does, but you don't have you just it's not it, it's not the same. You don't have the character of the V8. I do not miss the abysmal fuel economy that that got. <laughs> But it's true. City driving just, is not ideal. <laughs> it, um, yeah, I got, I, I was rated at 12 city, 17 highway. I, I averaged like 14 in mixed conditions and it, yeah, it was, it was bad, but I don't know. A turbo can only do so much, but there's nothing like a V8, but no, this one's really yeah. it, in like, like you said, Oh, four was the last year for the diff lock. Um, now you can retrofit it into any one of them, but you're better off just getting finding an 04 and this yeah this one's really nice shot and white I, with black interior really nice spec yeah the black and white i know that that's uh been a very popular color combina combination for a lot of people mm -hmm. um you know land rover if i'm building my dream vehicle i'm probably going some variation of green um you know, but this one's a clean example with the black and white. Uh, you know, I I know you can retrofit those differentials in different years, but I'm definitely um, more for the less you have to do to your vehicle and modify it. Uh, I'm happy. I 
I don't want to, I'm, I'm probably an outlier in the sense that I don't want to tinker as much on the weekend. I just want to go drive my car and be able yeah. to go where I want to go, you know? So, uh, the D2 has always been attractive just with its capability. I know that every older vehicle, especially with electronics has issues, but this was a clean example. I, I think if I needed yeah. or wanted something, this would have been a good, good one to go with. I yeah. mean, it sold for 11. 11 in October. So I think that that's a, based on the market prices I've seen for these D2s, you know, I'm coming from California where there are plenty of people trying to get 15, 16, 17 plus. I've seen one for 30. Uh, you know, it's kind of all over the place, <laughs> which, I, you know, 30, you could maybe get me to pay for an RRC. I'm not quite there for a D2, but <laughs> they're, yeah. all, they're all uh, increasing, you know, in desirability. So 11 seems like a great price to me. <laughs> yeah. And especially for one that's this nice. I mean, you never know. It looks like it was taken very, looks like someone took good care of it. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, there was an accident in 2008, but it looks like it was, you know, taken care of quite well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a really, really nice example. And I mean, I wouldn't mind taking one of those and using it off-road with, I do obviously some different tires, maybe a small lift and that's about it. Cause you don't really need to do a whole lot with these because they're already pretty good out of the box, as long as they have this center diff. Um, yeah, I, you know, of course, I know people switch over the suspension and, you know, at some point with an older vehicle, you're going to have to uh, pay attention and care for that, which is cool. That's just not, not something I'm familiar with yet. Um, you know, I want to know my vehicles. So it, it would be really cool to get an older Land Rover and be able to know enough to work on it, but I'm certainly not at the skill level that I can just tinker every weekend. <laughs> I yeah. just want to drive. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, I'll talk about real quick the car I chose, which is 2021 Aston Martin Vantage. It's no longer the V8 Vantage, but um, yeah, it's the coupe. It's it has the rare seven-speed manual, which they only did for a couple of years. And then the new uh, CEO of AM, of not AMG, of Aston Martin. He came from AMG to mm. um, uh, Tobias Moores, who is a, honestly, um, you know, I know quite a bit about him. I'm very familiar with his work. He is, he's a German redneck. I mean, that's exactly, that's, 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 that's what he is. I mean, it's, it's, he's, he, his cars reflect his personality. I mean, really loud, brash V8s that, you know, do smoky burnouts everywhere. And then there was another thing I, I saw in, um, according to an auto journalist, he would, and I, I don't know if this is true or not, but uh, according to an auto journalist, he would invite journalists to his farm in Germany and they would just blow things up for the fun of it. So, like I said, I don't know like if that's true, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, everything under AMG that he did was, they, they were really good cars. And I think yeah. kind of the whole reason he left AMG to take over Aston Martin was because, you know, the suits at Daimler 
basically said, your new C63 AMG is going to be a four-cylinder plug-in hybrid. We could do a V8, but we don't want to. So and he, you know, knowing him based on what he's done in the past, he probably would not let that fly. And that's why he went to Aston Martin, which still use AMG V8s. Um, I'm not a big fan of turbo V8s, but AMG, no one does a turbo V8 like AMG. Uh, they sound like NAV8s. They respond almost like NAV8s. And yeah, but this one's really nice. It's magnetic silver with a black interior. Kind of a, a, a Bond, James Bond spec. Um, it is. <laughs> got some, it's got some good options on it. It has oh, navigation, Aston Martin premium audio system. Weird, you cannot get Bang & Olufsen sound in Advantage anymore. You get oh. Aston Martin sound and then Aston Martin premium sound. Jackson, I've been in an old Vantage with Aston Martin Premium, and it was actually surprisingly good. Um, but yeah, it's got ceramic coating on it. What else? Um, yeah, it, it, interestingly, the infotainment is the previous generation Mercedes infotainment system, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. Um, what year is this again? 21. Brand new. This is brand new. Yeah. It's... um. It's a lovely car. I'm not a huge fan of the Alcantara interior, but, um, you know, other than that, it is a, it's a lovely car. It's, um, it's, it is a, one of my all time dream cars, the old one, but the new one is, it's hard to fault. The new, yeah, it's really beautiful. And, um, you know, I think that there's a crowd that's split. There's still, you know, the classic manual, old school, you can't have a sports car without a manual. And I, I agree with that. And then, you know, you have the other class that like that PD, PDK and uh, which is really nice on the track, but oh my gosh, I, if you're going for an Aston Martin, I hope that you go for a manual and can enjoy it in the mountains. <laughs> yeah. And like, and like I said, before we started recording, I mean, Aston Martin, gave up on the manual. Um, they did it for a couple of years with the new Vantage. And the kind of the whole reason was, according to some people within the company, they said, you know, the previous CEO was like pushing, all of our cars are going to have a manual. You know, we want people to buy a manual. And then they didn't do a whole lot of marketing for it. They didn't, it's Aston Martin, they don't do a whole lot of marketing anyway, but they didn't discuss it that much. A lot of people didn't know. And, you know, a lot of the public just didn't really seem to care that much. And then when the new CEO came in, he pulled the plug on it, which was unfortunate because it, you know, and although this, the automatic in this is the ZF eight speed that's used in everything. It's in my defender. It's in your LR four. It's in, you know, BMWs, Audis, um, Alfa Romeos, the Ram pickup trucks. And it's, it's in everything. Um, it's a great, it's a, in my opinion, the best torque converter automatic that, uh, in the industry, but it's still not the same as, is, is a manual. And what's really cool about this manual, as you can see, it's a dog leg first is to the left and down instead of to the left and up. Yeah. Which is an old racing thing. That is. Um, so, oh. but yeah, it's, gonna drive that car. <laughs> I, I wonder it's, it's, it's at 85 grand right now. It's going to go for more than that, but sure six days left so yeah 
I mean, it's God, if that was 85 grand for that thing, I would take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, the hardest part is with these auctions, you know, it's yeah. a couple minutes that they just, this prices skyrocket. So it's mm-hmm. really hard to know. I don't know what's the new price on an Aston Martin on the 2021 like that. Do you, do you remember? Um, I don't know. I can find out. I think it's like one twenty one thirty. I'll look that up real quick. Um, I'm sure that's going to sell for basically sticker price because that's got some options. It's, it's, oh, wow. It's actually a lot more. It starts at 139. So almost oh, okay. 140, but yeah, still that price, it's not that bad with options. It's going to be around 160, 170, which is still yeah. in, you know, 911 Carrera money. So yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I would like to, um, discuss uh rebel sure which is something that you um have been very fortunate enough to uh participate in it's a really really it's it's basically i know we talked about this months ago but it's it's like an off-road first it's all women there's no men um it's it's off-road and it's kind of i guess like a scavenger hunt almost for lack of a better term Um, (laughs) that's you know, it, it really, it's probably one of the harder scavenger hunts you could do, but it is, it's, yeah. it is. <laughs> it's, um, and, and there's, there's no GPS. There's, you do have radios, right? To contact people or. We do. They hand out satellite, satellite phones mm-hmm. um, in case of emergency. We also have trackers. So they know where our location is at all times. Um, but you know, and the trackers, we have to click on those checkpoints um, to gain points. Um, So we have that technology, but it doesn't give us any advantage in finding anything other than if you're lost uh, and you can't get back to a known point, you can click that tracker and get your coordinates, but you get penalized for it. So there's no advantage in having that. They wrap up your cell phones, your technology. They disconnect your vehicle's GPS. I, you, it, you're out there on your own. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of, so when they like disconnect, do they like so like obviously you, you use your you you used your LR4. Um, do you still have access to like your, you know, your four by four information screen or any? Yes. So it's just the they pull the fuse for GPS or something like that or yes yeah um, it depends on the vehicles with the LR4 they just pulled the fuse Mm -hmm. I lost all GPS but I could I still had my infotainment Mm -hmm. screen in order to uh, see my four by four information but I didn't have the compass it was you know there was no advantage as far as being on my screen it disconnected all of that so having the compass in the car is not necessarily an advantage some of the J else the wranglers have compasses that the teams can use um because it doesn't give you coordinates our right. compass in the lr4 gives it you does so, yeah so you know if for some reason i still had that on the screen even after they pull the fuse they completely tape your screen over and that's what they did in 2020 i did my um ford mm-hmm. super duty and they had to tape my full screen. So I didn't have access, to, yeah. I didn't have access to my steering wheel heater. You know, those uh, 
that oversight in car design. <laughs> yeah. Put everything in the screen and let's call it a day. And it's exactly. just, it just yeah. doesn't. I mean, it, 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 speaking of that, I mean, that Sync 3 system that's in the, excellent. My sister's Ford Escape has that infotainment system. It's quick. It always responds. It's easy to use. Um, but some of them get a little too difficult by putting your HVAC or heated seats or heated steering wheel controls. And I mean, my, my grandfather is, God bless him, 92 years old, drives a Ford Taurus and it has all of this stuff in the screen and it overwhelms him sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's just less, apparently less buttons is more attractive. And I, uh, <laughs> I guess in design, yes, I would agree with that. But in practice, that's, it's just, it's just not. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I, some that I'd like to ask is cause you did it, you did it in the LR4 and then you did it in the super duty. I mean, how, those are two very different vehicles. Very different. Oh um, my gosh. I can imagine the truck was probably a lot more difficult just because of the size. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an annoying, it's a, it's not an F-150, it's F-250, right? F-250. So it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, obviously you look at them, they're completely different. Um, you know, I would say the LR4, and I wish that I had taken them to the scale to weigh them because with all our gear um, in the Rebel, it's just a two team two person teams. So you have a driver, a navigator, it's up to the teams if they switch. Um, we never did. Unfortunately, I get car sick. So I was designated driver. But anyways, uh, you know, the LR4, I was probably right around 7,000 pounds, which is wow. still heavy, yeah. heavy vehicle to be driving um, over the landscape. I mean, we see everything. We're in Northern California. We work our way through Nevada and then we're down and work our, our way down to sand dunes and we do we finish in the Glamis sand dunes which you know 7,000 pound vehicle proved to be challenging yeah. <laughs> you know and so uh I decided to do it in the truck for fun for the fun of it and it worked out in 2020 there were a handful of full-size trucks um there was two different rams uh, I think they're both 2,500, so mm -hmm. similar size. Yeah. And, you know, my truck, it's 19 feet long. I was pushing, we have a um, steel drawer system plus a cargo slide in the tail, um, plus a steel topper. So I was pushing 10,000 pounds on that vehicle. Yeah. And uh, just the length and the weight, you know, the the most important thing is a know your vehicle, mm -hmm. know what PSI is best in the terrain that you're in. There's a lot of sharp rocks in California um, in the Eastern Sierras. And uh, <laughs> I, I needed to know where my tires were because- yeah. It's the it, most important and, thing. Yeah, doesn't matter I, if you're off-roading or on the yeah, road, like absolutely. the most important thing you can do is always make sure your tire pressures are right. Make sure you have the right tires. It's something that, you know, my dad does. So I always buy really cheap tires, for, <laughs> you know, like the company vehicles. And I understand why, but cheap tires are basically the most important thing you can do to your car, no matter what is tires. And you don't want cheap Chinese tires that are not going to last very long. And no, I mean, that, that is your connection to the road. 
you know, and And your contact patch is basically, (laughs) this mirror makes no difference the size of your hand. You have four of those and that's all that's connecting your massive truck to the road. Yes. Sometimes (laughs) if you're off-roading, you might not have all four tires on the ground. No. Yeah. Especially for, uh, gosh, I don't have the wheelbase length off the top of my head for that truck, but. I can find out real quick. uh, Yeah, it was it's, it's long, you know, it's an F-250. It's, it's a big truck. And I, I will say it drove great. We did up, upgrade the suspension. It was already upgraded to Fox 2.0 because it's mm-hmm. a Roush trim. Um, we chose to go with an upgrade of the Carly suspension, um, which was amazing. I mean, it's like driving on a cloud. Um, and so that made a big difference, you know, uh, just having a, a lighter uh, suspension, looser response, essentially, which is probably not a great description, but it's not as stiff, you know, so that made a mm-hmm. huge difference. Going bone stock in a Super Duty would would have been rough because, yeah. especially 2020, the course changes a little bit every year. Um, and, you know, just... So returning rebels don't have an advantage. And we had we had such a rough um, enduro, which, you know, we, for the rebel, if anyone's not familiar with it, you know, it's essentially a scavenger hunt. We start our morning uh, with, it, the, whole, the whole event is map and compass based. And we start our morning, they give us a, around 20 to 22 checkpoints and it's based kind of like a ski ski skiing system green blue and black um so green is required to find and the easiest to find they have big green flags and it's for safety to essentially move people along the course because we are moving down uh south um during over eight days of competition, blue uh, sometimes may be only marked with, you know, a fence post. So it's more challenging to find. And then black is not marked at all. It's bullseye based and you have to basically use uh, speed and uh, distant, not speed, I'm sorry, that's enduro, but and distance distance and heading, uh, you might need to use triangulation and it's a bullseye of how close you can get to that black checkpoint. So anyways, kind of got off uh, track there. We also do enduros, which are, uh, you know, time, speed and distance. And I think day three, we were on an enduro and maybe day two. And this, you know, California doesn't get a lot of rain. So a lot of the back roads are heavy washboard you know some of them aren't terrible and I was grateful for that Carly suspension this was like a solid uh rutted out washboard road and trying to keep close to speed as we could and I actually sheared three bolts off my steel topper uh based on how rough the road was. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a long roundabout, but I'm so grateful I had upgraded suspension and that, you know, even that road was a narrow, narrow canyon that I needed to know where my tires were with that long vehicle. Um, as much as I loved my truck, I 
wholeheartedly prefer my Land Rover off-roading. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, again, kind of when you think of that truck, although you can go off-road, it's not, that's not what it's purpose it's it's you know people that buy this it, they're work trucks yeah they're what people you know people buy them for their business or construction company or the, the so work trucks or yeah. yeah towing especially mm-hmm. um and we you know we purchased it more it is a size upgrade for from the land rover because we have three kids so when we travel a lot it's nice to have the truck bed for everything um you know and it affords us that capability to do some off-roading with it uh, without, mm-hmm. you know, going f- full, we haven't gone full backcountry with it. We've done some of the trails in Colorado over to Telluride. Um, I didn't do Imogene Pass in that truck. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I, yeah. And, you know, those hairpin three-point turns or 10-point turns in the truck. So, yeah. The trail we did was great and we made it through and the truck drove great, but that's probably the extent of backcountry I would do in that truck. (laughs) So kind of going back a little bit, I have a good amount of European people that listen to this and they're not familiar with uh, with just how big this is. So I'm trying to look into this. Do you know what, you have the crew cab, so the four door. Four door. What, do you know what the bed size is? It's the short bed. So that's going to be a six point eight foot bed yeah it's about six and a half feet it's right around 19 feet long I don't yeah I don't remember what the wheelbase is um so I might be able to find it I got it you got it so the wheelbase is 160 inches um to put that in perspective to my European friends so 160 inches is four thousand uh, 4,064 millimeters. Um, also, to put that in perspective, the length of a Fiat 500 is 144 inches, which is 3,658 millimeters. So you could fit an entire Fiat 500 between the in the wheelbase of that truck and still have an extra, what, foot, foot and a half? And yeah, several. It's, it's <laughs> I mean, that thing is, that thing is so big, you can almost fit a Range Rover Evoque in the wheelbase of that thing. That's true. So that's, 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 you know, Evoque's just a little bit bigger, but not, not by much. So that's, and that's what a lot of people here in the U.S. drive. It's, they're, they're everywhere. It's the Ford F-Series, <laughs> the best-selling vehicle in this country for the past, what, 40, almost 45 years, I believe. And they're yeah. good trucks. Um, they're great trucks. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I will say Ram has done a great job with their trucks to yes. off the lot. It, they're off-road ready and they're beautiful, uh, very capable trucks. Uh, you know. Uh, I don't know how long I'd want to own one for. Uh, yeah, I. You uh, know, Chrysler reliability. No, thank you. Yeah, I. I've owned a little bit of everything and uh, a Chrysler vehicle is one of one of the few I've never owned. Okay. Um, you know, I obviously have a lot of friends that are diehard fans, but mm-hmm. for for me, it was not on my radar to go that route. So the Ram trucks are amazing. It was fun to see them and their capability. And if you need a full-size truck with off the lot off-road capability that's probably the way to go um ford has the trimmer 
trend yeah. now. So they're trying, um, but obviously the Raptor is a mm. good choice too. So yeah. and now the TRX, the TRX too. Yes. Which I mean, that I mean, you know, the more I think, I actually drove one of those recently, and that was um, yeah. I mean, if 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 you could sum up America in a vehicle, it, it's that. It's a giant pickup truck with a giant V8 that gets 10 miles per gallon. It's loud. It's obnoxious. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's extremely pretentious. I mean, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like if you were to have that thing parked next to a Lamborghini, I think the bigger douchebag is the one driving the truck. Excuse <laughs> the language, but like, it's just like, it's, it's, but the thing is, I fell in love with that thing. I mean, it was so, so cool. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a big middle finger to everyone, but it is. there's, there's nothing like it and there's never going to be anything else like it ever again. Uh, I, they did a good job with it. I yeah. mean, it, it's a pretty cool track, it, you know, and price wise, you can get one for sticker. They're, they're not that, I think they started like in the low 70,000. And if you get one okay. with everything on it, it's a little over a hundred, but they come pretty much, they come with a ton of equipment in yeah. the base model. They're, I think the mid-range right. one is the one I get, which is like 78, I think. I don't I don't remember okay. off the top of my head, but that gives you everything you want. And I think yeah. the loaded one gives you some nicer leather. And, and they're I they're generally, need. I think they track to be almost 15 to $20,000 less than a Raptor, mm -hmm. depending on your options and mm -hmm. trim level. And obviously there's so many factors but um you know i think i think ram's done a good job making that attractive to people obviously like price price is yeah. always a factor and you know when you can drive off the lot and go hit the dirt <laughs> for right. 20 grand less uh, i but, don't blame anyone <laughs> you know another thing with pickup trucks though um that a lot of people in europe don't understand is it might have a sticker price of seventy thousand dollars but people that are buying them are never, unless if it's a special one, maybe like a TRX or a Raptor, no one pays that. Mm -hmm. People always get, people always buy them at the end of the year when you can get like $20,000 off. That's true. And that's but just kind of. Yeah. I mean, the dealer markups. On well, now is insane. Now it's insane. And anything desirable like that, they're going to take advantage of you. Yeah. you know? So. So the 22 Ram TRX starts at 72000 and then if you, there's packages that you can get, so mm -hmm. there is, what is, it's a TRX level one equipment group, which gives you the heated steering wheel, heated fronts. That's not standard. Heated front seats aren't standard. Hmm. I, I don't, I feel like that's not true. Um, know. You know, you get some, the one you want is going to be the, oh, hey. This makes no sense at all. TRX level two gives you heated and cooled seats, all sorts of stuff. Um, I don't, I feel like Edmunds is. There's not, so many, yeah, there's so yeah. many options. I, I've never honestly looked at the TRX. I mean, we eyeballed a, a Ram very briefly before buying the F250, but. I've never looked at the specs on the TRX and it's almost confusing at this point, you know, with ordering a new vehicle, there's just so many options, yeah. you know, and that goes with any vehicle you order. So it's, 
uh, it's interesting on the flip side when they're just on the lot. Some people yeah. I don't even know realize what they're missing out on or care, you know, so. Right. And I mean, that's at least like I know for me ordering my Defender, I spent way too much time on the configurator. So I knew exactly what I wanted anyway. And at least with some configurators are confusing. I think a lot of um, Chrysler um, configurators can be confusing. Also, mm -hmm. to some extent, Ford, I don't think their mm -hmm. whole website's laid out very well. Jaguar Land Rover's laid out very well. Um, BMW does a good job. But yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that people just don't know and they don't they just don't know about it and they yeah, they might be missing out. Um yeah. so uh I guess kind of moving on, I'd like to discuss LR4, because that's and that's obviously your Instagram handle. Uh, <laughs> it is. <laughs> um but it's uh because I mean the one you have is a little bit different than the one I used to have. Um right. different engine and obviously you have quite a few modifications to it. Um but yeah, what is your, I mean, how long, you did not buy it new, correct? Didn't you get it? It was like we CPO or something. Yeah, we bought it. Let's see, 20, oh my gosh. Now I have to rack my memory. Let's see. I have 124,000 miles on it. We bought it in 2017 with 40, I think it had about 40,000 miles on it. Okay. So we put quite a few miles on it, but it was not new to us. Mm -hmm. And when we bought it, of course, we really wanted the HD package. Mm -hmm. But in 2017, those were still kind of like a needle in the haystack. They were really hard to find. Yeah, they still are. Um, they still are. I mean, they make, and I, it's funny, I had a conversation <laughs> with a friend of mine who um, he has a he he has a 2011 LR4, like um, same year that my old one was with the V8. And he said they made ones. I mean, HD packages are, I mean, they're out there. I mean, if you look, you can find them, but they're just, they're kind of obscure. You have to like know where to look to find them. And, and I think um, as far as numbers go in the U.S., I think that they were uh, not high <laughs> for a technical term. There were not many ordered right. or available in the U.S. So it's let's face it, the people that were buying them couldn't care less. No, or they didn't wanted, Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you go to Europe, there are a lot, I mean, they're, they, I mean, very few were built without them. Yeah, that's, that's my, you know, one complaint with Land Rover, and I 100% understand why they do it, because I think the majority of their clientele uh, their client base doesn't care. They're not going to take them off-road. They might take them to the mountain skiing or whatever, but they're not, they don't need that HD. Right. They don't need the locking differential. Um, it's just disappointing it was an option because they're hard to find. Unless <laughs> you go before 2013. Yeah, which makes it, which is, which is, I was just about to bring that up. It's worse that every single one of them had it. I mean, not all of them had the rear locker, but they still had the low range and the center diff lock right. instead of, and then when they did the mid-cycle update in 2014, mm -hmm. here in the US, they dropped the V8 and went to the supercharged V6 and they got rid of the, you know, the full-time four-wheel drive for a system very similar to like the Audi Quattro, which is as a Torsen center diff instead of like the full locking one. Yes. Um, it's still a very capable car, obviously, as you have proved. 100%. Um, it is still way more capable than any than basically anyone would ever need, but it it, it lost it lost it 
just kind of it's not yeah it's it's they they obviously know their clientele um, yeah it's okay you can say it kind of lost yeah. its feel and it, it, it yeah it's not what it, it should be but yeah. what's interesting from what i've seen all over the internet internet people that bought the defenders not all of them but quite a big amount are using them as they were meant to be used that's which great. is great that's I mean, amazing it is <laughs> and it's i kind of wish i was one of them but you know, I, <laughs> I got all the off-road stuff because I intend to use it, but I also live in a place where there's, there's nothing around me. Uh, um, I mean, moving to I, Texas, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. And I I'm also don't want to, I don't want to ruin my paint either. Cause I don't have, I don't have a film on it. I do have a ceramic coating, but that only does so much. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's a brand new car. I mean, in a few years, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, you know, use it, but it's, it's just, but it's great to see that. And also that all, they all come with a low range. Um, interesting though, on the Disco 5, uh, pre-facelifts are the one that I have. Every seven seat model came with low range. Oh. So if you got a five seat, they all had the same four wheel drive system that. you have. Yeah. But you could get a five seat with low range is an option. But if you got seven seats, you automatically get low range and then you still have to pay extra for the rear diff lock. Mm. But, um, and now with the update for the Disco 5, every six cylinder comes with low range. But if you get a four cylinder, you have no, it's high range only. You, can, you can't even option low range. Oh, interesting. Um, which I, mean, I, I can understand that, but yeah, it, it's- a, It's interesting. I mean, I'm assuming they did market research and- you probably know, yeah wasn't um, worth the cost but but then again most people are getting the six cylinder disco five even though no even though everyone's buying a defender instead of it um people are still uh yeah they're getting that um and also it's interesting the disco comes with air suspension whereas the defender it's now an option you know what i did not know that until 2021 rebel a d90 was in there and it did not have the air suspension yeah. And I had no idea that they had switched over to that being an option. It was interesting. So all originally all 110s were air only. Uh, 20 model year was obviously only the 110. And then 21 model year, all 110s had air. They all, even when the car was revealed back in 19, they, in, that, in their press material, they were like, oh yeah, all 110s come with air. All 90s come standard with coils apart from like the first edition and the 90X. Those come standard with air, but air is available on all of them. Gotcha. And then for 22, they made coils standard on all of them, 110s and 90s. Is that a supply chain issue? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think it's just because they realize they could get more money out of people, which is, you know, that's how you do business. Yeah, um, that's true. But yeah, and then for 23, um, I, I believe it's still the same. In, in air suspension, it's not, it, it, it's, 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 I think it's like 1600 bucks, which really isn't much when you're spending that on a car. I, I just think that's like a no-brainer, obviously off-roading, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you intend to do any sort of driving in snow, 
even yeah. just to have those few extra inches and being able to put it in high mode mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. It does. You know? so, it does. Again, maybe the main market clientele doesn't care. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. And also with the, you get, it's a much better ride. Um, I've not driven a defender on coils. Um, my salesman at Land Rover, he said it wasn't too different, but there's definitely a difference. And of course, with the Defender, they all have the adaptive dampers. So mm-hmm. that obviously it's constantly adjusting to give you the best ride possible. Um, so the coils don't come with that. I mean, you can do it with coils, but Land Rover doesn't, and I understand why. Um, but yeah, if it, it's a no-brainer at that for sixteen hundred bucks. If you already, I mean, and the price of that thing has gone up significantly since it came out. It started in twenty twenty. It was like forty-nine for a one ten. And then 90 for 21 was like 45, 47. And now it's like 53 for a base 90 or something like that. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you got it. They, well, um, and then, you know, factor in available supply, yeah. and supply issues, uh, you know, dealer markups, you know, we've kind of been keeping an eye on any availability in the U S period without ordering it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I would say, you know, it's twenty to thirty thousand dollar markup, if not more. And you know, actually, Oklahoma City had two V8s. They had a D90 and the 110, and I think they marked up the 110 by fifty. Oh my god! Why? Yeah, I mean, I, it, someone's gonna pay it. So, oh, of course, of course. Oh. And I'm the one here laughing at everyone because somehow I managed to get mine under sticker not much but still and i'm like i'm just i'm I'm so thankful that i got mine when i did yeah i would have waited a little longer i mean i you know but so i guess moving on um you do have a new car coming very soon (laughs) you wanna oh well it's not a land rover um which is okay it's gonna be my husband's car i'm not replacing the lr4 with it I am keeping an eye on the market and land over to see if the, the 130 will ever make it. It will. Um, it's, ju- it's right around the corner. I, oh, fingers crossed. I mean, I know it's coming. I would love, ideally, a V8 130 and get eight miles a gallon, I'm sure. But <laughs> that, that, would, that would make my heart happy, but I probably wouldn't off-road it. So what's coming to us, which should be here hopefully next week, um, is the new first edition Ford Bronco. So uh, we ordered, let's see, I got really lucky with the reservation. I, I got kicked off the website when they opened the ordering. Uh, you paid $100 and I got kicked off multiple times and somehow was able to get a first edition reservation when it was still within that 3700 reservation limit. Now they did open more and I think they doubled it. Um, And so ours finally got ordered in February of 2021. So not quite a year wait time, but they had some hard top issues and that delayed ours. Um, But it's somewhere in California and they would not change the dealer delivery for us. Um, so we have to go back to California for the delivery. <laughs> so you're flying back and then driving it all the flying way Flying back and then driving home. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, there's no better way to get to a, 
to get to know your brand new car than taking it on a long road trip. You'll very quickly find out what you like and what you don't like. It's true. You know, um, I'm hoping we can make time to play with it on the way. You know, there's so yeah. much landscape. We're taking it across Arizona, New Mexico, maybe, you know, I've uh, one of my best friends lives in Arizona. She loves to go to the Glamis Sand Dunes. So I'd love to, um, sorry for the background noise <laughs> of my front door. Ugh. Can I go open it? I'm so- Absolutely. Okay, go ahead. Do you need help? Do you need parking? Okay, you good? All right, sorry. My daughter was locked out. <laughs> oh no, that's all right. That's so okay. anyways, um, I would love to play with it on the way home if we can make it happen. Uh, we do have an amazing detailer that does do a protect protective expel wrap on our vehicles mm -hmm. to protect from a lot of the, um, you know, pinstripes that yeah. lots of people are proud of. I'm still a little neurotic about my cars. So yeah. As much as I off-road, I, off I do try to keep them uh, in good condition. Yeah. I don't love the scratches, so it's a catch no, I don't. for me. I don't <laughs> you can't avoid them all, but, you know, preventative. So it's going straight to the detailer in Southern California. Um, but like I said, I'm hoping we can make time over the holidays or whenever it's ready to play with it a little yeah. bit in either Arizona or California, there's plenty, plenty of public land out there. So, yeah, I think it's kind of funny that the first edition comes out and they don't make them first. I know. That's like, what I said. Like, like, why did, you know, like, why are you going to have that name and not make those first and release those, you know, yeah. I don't. And it's weird with, I know the Discovery 5, when that came out, they did a first edition, and that was a limited number of cars, and then they did the Defender first edition, and they did that for two model years for the 110. You get a 2020 first edition and a 2021 first edition. Which I, that's another, like, oddity. Yeah. Now, what? granted, some of those were for the 90, which was the 21 was the first year for the 90, but they're still doing 2021 110 first editions okay and again, know, they, they cost they, more i did they have like a number limit on first edition badges i'm not sure i really don't know the whole story with that but okay. i would never get a first edition because it was a little bit more it was based on an se it was a little bit more than an se with options and it didn't have the same amount of features as an se with it that cost it, it was just kind of like they kind of skimped you on options for a fancy name they did. And honestly, they did that for the Bronco as well. Your options were limited. You know, they, they released um, classic colors. So your, your colors were limited. Um, you know, I, I get what you're saying. And uh, I, I don't know if that's to keep them on a baseline unique first edition, yeah. like the Land Rover, you know, the Pangea green, like that's your mm -hmm. classic and you only had so many color options. Yeah. Um, which actually with the 90 that was the only color you could get on a first edition it was Pangea green with white roof the 110 the 110 first edition you get Pangea green you get silver and you could get the Gondwana stone mm. and that but was did you do Iger no you can do Iger right not on the, on the first, first edition, edition no 
Um, but yeah, but also the first edition Bronco basically is comes with everything on it though, right? It's like a top of the line. It is. It's kind of the combination of Badlands. I think Badlands, Wild Track. Um, you know, it uh, it just has all the premium options that if you were choosing in any of the other trim levels, um, we it was still an option on the first edition for the Sasquatch package. Mm -hmm. So we chose the Sasquatch. Um, our first. We already ordered new wheels for it. Okay. <laughs> so I, you know, the upgrade was not for the wheel, the, you know, their, I can't remember what they called it. Like the beadlock wheels, the beadlock wheels, which my husband is like, cool. Beadlocks are awesome. If we're going to trail trailer it to the trailhead yeah. and beadlocks on the trail, but he was like, I'm not doing beadlocks on the highway. Yeah. You know? So, uh, but I didn't like the look. So that was our first order. Uh, I think they're on their way to the detailer <laughs> shop to be put yeah. on before it even comes home. Um, but we did opt for the Sasquatch package, mainly for that. Um, the extra amount of capability for it. Yeah. And you're going to use it as that. I mean, if I bought a Bronco, I, I personally would not get it because I know I would still use it off-road, but I would not use it to the point where I would need that extra amount of capability. Sure. It looks awesome. It does, yeah. but you're a little compromised on the road as well. For sure. Which let's face it, that's where that's where it is 90% of the time. Yeah. Um a little more road noise. And... But it's cool. I mean, it's awesome that they do that from a factory. Because it, it, yeah. they are they what 35s, I believe. Technically they're 35s. I think they really measure 34 and some yeah. change. Um, that's something we'll probably end up changing out as well to to probably some Toyo open country, but to come off the lot with that tire size yeah, is, impressive. Really, is really nice, you know, and it has the Bang uh, Olsen. Bang and Olsen sound, yeah. Yeah, so that's nice. Which, which is weird is in some, in a lot of Fords, I was extremely disappointed with it. I've, I've not heard one in a Bronco. So the one I drove did not have Bang and Olsen. Um, so I would imagine, yeah, it, it, it's going to be 10 times better than what, what was in it, the one I drove. So you don't need to worry about that. But the <laughs> Bang & Olsen in the Edge, I drove an Edge ST. It was, it was so bad. I mean, it, the fact that it has the Bang & Olsen name on it was just a, honestly a disservice to the company that makes really high-end stuff in it. Isn't that interesting? It, it was horrible. Um, the one, the Expedition was okay, not mm -hmm. great. But the one in F-150... Um, the previous Gen F-150 I thought was fantastic. And that, that's the same one that you can get in the Super Duty. Um, the one in the Mustang's pretty good. But yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, some of them are, some of them are, have no, first of all, it shouldn't be called Bang & Olufsen. And, it, and I didn't even think it was good to have any name brand on it because it, yeah. it just wasn't good. But I don't, I've not, I, I can't be the judge on the um, Broncos, but I, I can almost guarantee it'll be way better than the standard sound system, which was not good. But then again, it's, yeah. it's not really supposed to be. It's not, you know, no. if you're not paying for that upgrade, it's not going to be great. So no. hopefully it'll be decent. You know, I, uh, I think that the Bronco is a good bridge between like a Jeep Wrangler and the Defender, mm -hmm. right? you know, I agree. The, 100%. They really are great comparisons, but the bridge is, 
you know, it's the Bronco's still utilitarian. Yes. You know, if you want that upgrade refined interior, you go for the, the Defender, mm-hmm. which of course, like I love, I love in my LR4. Um, but I am hoping, and I don't know until we get it, which hopefully it'll be here next week. Um, with the sound deadening, it'll still be a fairly comfortable ride mm-hmm. versus a Jeep Wrangler where those are off-road and <laughs> yeah maybe less comfortable on road, you know? So yeah. it'll be interesting if the sound system is worth it, you know, in that upgrade. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it came with it as standard, right? It so did, it's yeah. not like, so it, it, who, 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 <laughs> at the end of the day, who cares? That's what it came with. Um, yeah. I mean, it's in it. And I will say like it, like the base sound system in the defender is also truly horrible. I thought it was, it was really bad. So for me, the Meridian was an absolute must. I wanted the surround, but since I got a Defender S, you can't get Meridian surround. You can get the 11 speaker Meridian, which is still really, really, really good. Yeah, it's um, it, it is. It's, 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 it's a hell of a lot better than what, you know, the standard one. Um, but yeah. And then also like, um, like my salesman that I work with at Land Rover, he's, He's always had Wranglers. He's he. I know he used to own a Disco too back in the day. He's had all sorts of cars, but he he he's a Wrangler guy. Um, he loves the Defender, but he is you know right now he has a Gladiator. Um, before he had a Wrangler Unlimited, and he said if you get a Wrangler, you have you have to get the upgraded Alpine sound system because it's not it it's not as good as the Meridian, but it's it's it is. I mean the the base sound system the Wranglers like two Apple earbuds, and that's what it sounds like, <laughs> but. Yeah, I guess, um, I guess if you can't hear it over the road noise, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, <laughs> but the thing that's interesting though with the with because you know I've driven all I've driven so many after JKs and JLs, you know, all of my friends have a Jeep Wrangler. Um, of course, I own the Defender, and I not too long ago I drove a new Bronco, and I wasn't completely sold on it um, up until the point when I drove it, and I was like, "Wow, this thing is really good." Um, it just, it felt, it, 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 everyone says it's, it's a good compromise between the Defender and, and, and the Wrangler, and it, and it really is. Yeah. Um, it's just, the main thing with it is the fact that it has an indep- independent front suspension. That's the, the big thing. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. I th- I know like the Wrangler has recirculating ball steering, which is like something from you know 1920s. Yeah, they um, they, they tend to stick with what works for them, which it works for them. So they don't uh, they they keep it very mechanical, which honestly is not a bad thing, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I can't. I'm pretty sure the Bronco has normal rack and pinion steering i believe i i, I it does it yeah. does okay yeah and that was also another reason it just it handled a lot better it's, it didn't handle particularly great but then again that's not what it's not not what it's made for mm-hmm. it's made to go off-road but it's it's just it's just a overall much better car than a wrangler and yeah. whereas the defender is i can still i think they still compete somewhat directly because the Defender has kind of gone off of the deep end of, you know, more of a premium upmarket vehicle, but it still has that utilitarian feel. It um, does. And pricing wise, it's 
you know, most people that are buying Wranglers and Broncos are spending well north of $45,000, $50,000. And that's where, you know, most people buying Defenders are spending, you know, in the 70s. But, like, my Defender was in the low 60s, which is where a lot of people's Wranglers and Broncos are. So it's yeah. really not much of a price. You're not, it's not much of a price hike. It's um, not. I think um, if we weren't, if we didn't order this first edition and we weren't getting it at MSRP, you know, right now they're selling those Broncos for, I, I think we've seen, and these are private sellers, people are trying to get $100,000 for them because people are going to pay it. Yeah, because if people are going to pay it, you know, there's high demand and they have, you know, there's not a lot on the road yet. Yeah. So, um, you know, even if dealers get them on the lot, that that markup, they're all kind of right in the same price range. Yeah, they are. <laughs> dealer markup too, you know. <laughs> and, and, and at the end of the day, it's, it comes down to well, what car do you want? I mean, the Wrangler is, you know, before Defender, uh, which I, I don't really know if I can count, you know, going from one generation to the next. I've never, the car that improved the most from the previous generation to the next generation was always, in my opinion, the from JK Wrangler to JL. Even though it was all, it was still the same thing for the most part. In terms of refinement, the JL is so so much better than the JK. It's really it has creature comforts. It's it's it, the interior is actually it's not super nice, but it's it's nicer than it has to be. Yeah. Um, I still think that the Wrangler's interior is, feels a little bit nicer than the Broncos, but I'd still take the Bronco anyway. And, but yeah, and then I've, I've driven an old Defender and obviously the new one. And I don't know if I can really you can't say, yeah, you, you just, you just can't, you it's know, not, I it's, <laughs> I, you know, I, we had talked before we started recording and the new Defender is the new Defender. It's a new vehicle. It's comfortable. Mm -hmm. You can travel in it and take it off road. Mm -hmm. It really does kind of, uh, check all the boxes. Um, you know, an old Defender is capable. You're driving yeah. a tractor and you're going to yeah. go and tear, tear up the terrain and go anywhere you want to go. And it, you're definitely not buying an old Defender for comfort, you know? No. <laughs> but there's plenty of people that still love them. And uh, I'm definitely one of those. I would love mm -hmm. to get a nasty 90. That's yeah. on the wish list. <laughs> and, and, I, and I agree. I mean, I love the old Defender and the new one is great as it is. It's not the same. And I, you know, I have a, a lot of people say, oh, that should have been the Disco 5. And mm -hmm. I understand where they come from with that. But also as a Disco 5 owner, I, I don't necessarily agree. I mean, it okay. was, it's still got most of the capability of the Defender, but the Disco 5 is still just a better family vehicle. It's a lot nicer than the Defender. It's, it's interestingly... The ride on the Disco Five is a lot more sporty. It's it's really stiff. Which, yeah, oh, I've um, driven one before, and it does drive a little different than the LR4. Oh yeah, completely. Um, and of course, obviously, you know, Disco Five is unibody. LR4 is that integrated body frame that was the mishmash of a unibody and a body on frame, <laughs> which worked incredibly well, but it ended up weighing so much. Yeah, it's heavy. Um, but yeah, it, the disco, it, it's more, I guess, a little bit more car-like to drive, even though it's, in my opinion, it feels more SUV than crossover. Yeah. Um, but 
it's just a better family car. You have seven full size seats for, you know, we can put adults in the third row. You can, yeah, you can charge ports people. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You can utilize that third row, which makes a big okay. difference because until they release the 130 in the Defender, mm -hmm. there is no reason to get the third row in the new Defender. 100% right? agree. I don't even think my kids would fit back there, you know? I mean, <laughs> the, I mean that I the third row seats and that thing is so used. It looks they look to be like the same size as the ones you get in the disco sport, which I remember I tried to get in the third row of one of those a few years back. I'm not very tall. I'm five foot nine, yeah. and I physically could not. I it's just so bad. I got stuck between the back of the second row seat and the side of the car oh, because no. like you you can't you can't. You can put a four-year-old back there and any bigger than that, they you can't fit. Um, okay. And it looks, I don't know, I have a feeling that the 130 is going to be the same. It's going to have the same small seats and just a lot more room behind the... I'm, I'm hopeful that they give a few inches of leg room for the mm -hmm. third row to make it useful. And that's, yeah. you know, that's why I'm holding out hope that the 130 is what I've been waiting for. You know, otherwise my husband really likes the d90s so we might go d90 you know yeah, those but, are awesome yeah however the thing is i know that they said that because all of this stuff got leaked way before the car was even revealed there's this like dealer meeting and all this stuff they talked about like one 110 was first 90 was right after that and then a couple years later um it was supposed to be 2022 so that when the 130 was going to come out right it, it obviously got delayed um but they said that was going to be an eight passenger not seven. So I don't know if that in, I, I don't think they're going to do the bench seat um, because you cannot get a 110 with a bench seat and a third row. But they're so, not going wider body, are they? No. But I remember seeing a spy photo of a 130 and it, I almost, it almost looked like that they had like a third row bench seat with three seats. I, I can see if I can find that real quick. But, I've uh, never seen that, but um, that would be interesting. Um, I think that the 130 really, and I think I even looked at uh, specs at one point, or you know, speculated specs for the 130 that mm -hmm. it's closer to a classic 110 length than the new 110. Mm -hmm. uh, because the so, new 130 is going to be huge. It's going to be... It's long. Yeah. Long. I can't remember the specs, but I remember um, looking at it. Oh, they, I had... You gain 11 inches, almost a foot. Yeah, it says here... So, like, this was the from the thing that got leaked a couple years back. So, Defender 90, which is, like, their halo image icon. You get five and six seats. Their intended customers are young, affluent, fun-seeking individual whatever that is. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Defender 110, the definitive Defender. Actually, you know what? I'll, uh, why not? I, I can show you. You can see this. Um, so I can read. Uh, definitive Defender, five, six, and seven seats made for couples, self-employed adventurers. Again, whatever that is. Um, the 130, which was 22 model year originally, premium explorer, eight seats, family, active lifestyle, and travel. That sounds a lot like your family to me. It does. <laughs> so, we fit that bill. 
<laughs> That's um, interesting because I really thought that they were originally trying to market the 110 as the family weekender, right? Like, yeah. hey, this is where families are going to have the 110 and they go on these weekend trips. And so it's interesting. Maybe they got feedback. I don't, I mean, I'm excited about the 130. I know a lot of people don't love that overhang because, you know, you're, I mean, your departure angles are going to be much more challenging if yes. you take road, you know, which is always a factor with a longer vehicle, but, um, it is. You know, when, you, when you have three kids and I have a hundred pound lab, that's kind of why we upgraded to the F-250 is that the extra I, space. I will take the space. <laughs> it's not for everyone, but I, I, I fit that bill for sure. Yeah. And I, uh, it's hard to type and do this all at once. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's interesting because it, I think the proportions on it are just off. It looks kind of like a school bus based on. It, it's know, got but, a big, it's got a big rear end. Yeah. I get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baby, baby got back. Sir <laughs> Mix-a-Lot would probably. Big booty. <laughs> yeah. All right. This. Okay. This is, um, this is, I remember seeing these pictures. Interior of Defender 130 uncovered. I was there a third row? I three rows of seats with eight seats. I yeah, that's what it's gotta be the third row. There's no way they're gonna put the jump seat. I just want to see where are all these pictures that are. I know there's this website's horrible. Um, this, uh, eight seat the nude uh, continuous. Three comfortable seats and upholstered. Uh, Eight instead of the usual seven. Yeah, but that I mean, was. That's not clear, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's possible, you know. Yeah. Three. Uh, can, you're saying maybe they mean the, the third row instead of second row? Because they all. Well, Granted, yeah. that does have a bigger headrest in the second row than the, than the 110. Yeah, that's true. It's that it's the same um, bench as in the LR4, that 60-40. Uh, yeah, or the 40-20-40. 40-20-40, you're right. Which I miss. Oh, Disco I 5 has a 60-40, but the, it, it can, is a unit, it's a 60-40, but you can individually fold the middle seat down. Oh, so I mean, that's like the LR4. Mine can do that too. But when but you fold them all down, it's a 60 40 split. And the same oh, with the Defender. Yeah, so, yeah. like, if you fold it flat, it's 60 40. If you want to fold the center seat, it's, it's at an angle like this. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, gotcha. You know, they had, um, yeah, there was, um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. But I've only yeah. ever seen the those, you know, like with the the big tail end and yeah. It'll be interesting once they take the camo wrap off. Like, will it look bad? I mean, it's just it's big. Independent sunroof in the third row. That's interesting. Ooh, that's nice. That's that's, that's like the LR4. Yeah. That is like the oh, hang on. 
It is, it is a, repeats. Yeah, this is a picture, so it is. Um, the way. Leg room still looks to be Ooh, it looks not tight. great. It looks better than the 110, though. Like, they definitely gave you a few inches, but there's, I don't know if a grown adult could sit back there comfortably. And it um, looks like that um, headrest in the third row, the middle one, is the same as the one that I have in mind. Mm. Um, but there's also a speaker up there, so I don't know if they're doing a maybe you get a better Meridian sound system because usually you have an extra speaker. Maybe they just moved it because usually you're like here, I'm pointing at my screen, but I'll use the cursor yep. here. It's, it's, it's a solid piece of plastic, but it looks like right. they cut it out yeah, for it more room. Yeah, you're right. Uh, usually that is, you know, part of covers the wheel well. And then, mm -hmm. you know, in the LR4, at least you have your store, you know, there's some right compartments and stuff but you're right there is a cutout there so that I mean I I had no idea that that was even a consideration with the three I just assumed it was going to be two but that would be really nice I, I mean there's nothing on the seat there but there's a headrest so yeah I think that's probably yeah it's a it's a prototype yeah. so you know it's yeah that's how that, they are that looks like a 60 40 split in the center row though yeah that is the same and also like you can there's a little button here right where my cursor is you can press that button and it in the center folds by itself so if you have like ski or something yeah but i um i grew up with an expedition and we had the captain's chairs oh yeah which are making a comeback the oh captain's chairs making a comeback you know what i i would was very fortunate that we had a 1990 Chevy van, you know, uh, what van lifers love to have now yeah. I grew up with that. And it had, you know, the velour interior interior and the captain's chairs that would turn around. And so we always had the captain's chairs. I kind of wish Land Rover would make that an option. <laughs> well, you can get that if you get a Range Rover. That's true. I did yeah. build my Range Rover. It's tempting because, you know, once you build them out with all the options, the price is not that different. Yeah, just don't get the V8. As I, I mean, yeah, you get the V8. <laughs> I know, I know. But no, if, if you were going to buy, if you were to buy a Range Rover and if you're going to keep it, don't get the V8 because that N63 BMW engine, I've always said is crap. I've said it before. I, I have another podcast that I've recorded like two weeks ago and we need still not done yet. We're going to re-record <laughs> it with um, Emeka. Do, do you follow him? Driven Hard Official. He's got a Range Rover Sport. He's from okay. Canada. And he, okay. he's called Driven Hard for a reason because he uses his Range Rover Sport. It's, wow. it's, it's really, it's, it's a Ferenz Red autobiography, vintage tan interior. And he offers it with, he's got 21s on it. And he, oh. he, he, he he has no problems with it. I mean, he, he, yeah. You know where, you know what, put your tire, know where your tires are. And exactly. I mean, I did that in my LR4 with the 19s until I ran those Pirellis out literally, you know, like, yeah. uh, I don't know that was just the practical application. Wait, wait to buy new tires until you uh, tear up the new yeah. one on there. <laughs> but, yeah. He, uh, we, so we were talking all about that with him, but I, and I mentioned that, I mean, that engine is so bad. I have a neighbor. He leased a BMW 750i, which has that same engine. It was supposed to be a three-year lease, two and a half years in, 
it had like 40,000 miles on it. It needed a new engine. Oh my God. <laughs> those it's things so are disappointing. It just, ugh. And that's one car. But yeah. those engines are known for, they leak oil from the valve covers. They have turbo issues. Uh, high pressure fuel pump issues is a big problem. They have battery drainage issues. It, it's, it's just a bad engine. It's disappointing, you know. Range Rover has had such a bad reputation since the P38 that to be oh, going yeah. with that V8 is not going to help if that's what the known issues are. You know? And so. one thing that we were discussing is, well, maybe they, Land Rover, did some internal work with it. Maybe to, you know, because some people do like, uh, even though Aston Martin use AMG V8s, they tune it themselves. It's not the exact same engine that's in an E63 or a C63. Gotcha. Um, however, I don't believe that because it has the exact same horsepower and torque figures as every BMW with that engine. So if you look at an M850i, it's the same. It's 523 horsepower and 500, 500 something pound feet of torque. I don't remember, but it was the same. Mm. So yeah, if it was me buying one, I'd get the base with the straight six. Oh, I didn't really like that engine in the Defender, but it's a great engine in a Range Rover. It yeah. suits that car a lot better than it does the Defender. Um, but who knows? We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting. I will say I appreciate that they're still doing V8s when so mm -hmm. many car companies and even JLR are leaning towards the electronic designation, yeah. which is a whole nother conversation. Yeah. So I do appreciate that that's an option. I wish we could get diesel here. <laughs> I, I yeah wish that because like, they defender the range rover please jlr give us the, the diesel. yeah they get, we get <laughs> they have that new uh, ingenium straight six diesel which you can get up in the range rover up to 350 horsepower it's pretty good i mean the defender you can Decent. get the straight six with 200 horsepower which no it might be a six cylinder with 200 horsepower in that thing that thing's got to be slow that goes back to like tractor stats. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, but it's but, oh, but it's a mild hybrid, straight six, direct injected, supercharged and electric turbo or electric supercharged and turbo diesel with two hundred horsepower. Like no, um, and then they do a two hundred fifty horsepower version, which that that should be enough. Um, and then they do in the Defender, the top is a three hundred horsepower diesel. Mm -hmm. Which that would be more than enough. Um, the torque in that. Yeah. yeah. And then the same engine you can get in Range Rovers, you can get an extra 50 horsepower. So but that would be the engine I'd get if, if, if they had that here, but they don't. But they don't. Um, <laughs> they, do have, <laughs> they do have a plug-in hybrid with the bigger or the higher horsepower straight six gasoline engine. And I think in all, it's like 500... 10 520 horsepower plug-in hybrid and it has up to 60 miles of electric only range which is insane you know that's that's really nice when you're doing city driving and oh yeah you, i i i fully respect that that's a nice like option to have that because oh. 60 60 miles that's a lot that's a lot yeah. that's a oh huge yeah range. i mean that could get me to work that, that's like, um, that's a, I could go to work two and a half days on electric only. But I, mean, I have 
I, I want to wrap things up, but real quick, one last thing I'd like to say is that I have a neighbor, a really good friend of ours. Um, he, they still have uh, an SVR. He got a, he ordered, special ordered a Range Rover Sport SVR. He got it. He didn't really like it as much as he thought because it was a little too sporty, a little okay. too stiff for him. Yeah. Um, so he went out and he bought a, a Wrangler 4xE Rubicon, which I'm like, want something that's less comfortable that's uh, uh that is a really interesting switch yes um he still has, his wife drives the uh, range rover now a lot more um because she 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 retired she had a company car she had a ford explorer that she would just drive and then when she retired she had to give that back so he got the four by e and she's driving around the sbr and he love i mean he loves that four by e i mean he he thinks it's the greatest thing and for him it makes a lot of sense because he's he, he's told me the last time i saw him which was like three weeks ago he told me he only filled that up once and he got it in may he's filled it up with gas one and granted his commute to work is like seven miles so he just goes to work plugs in at work goes home plugs in at home and just so he's never He's, he's filled it up once in since since May. Wow. So that's, that's impressive. Um, it is. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't buy one of those. I mean, it, I, mean I don't need the plug-in. I mean, it's nice. You know, again, like maybe if I lived in London, if I wanted a Range Rover, then I, you know, I would basically have to buy that without being taxed a lot and, you know, paying all these charges just to enter into the city. So with that, it, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense, but. It does. I, uh, I might tread dangerous waters depending on, everyone has different opinions of yeah. vehicles, you know, but uh, I think that the electric is so nice just for that, right? You're mm -hmm. a quick commute, city driving, that urban driving uh, totally makes sense. I think for the U.S., the, at least my experience in California, the infrastructure is going to have a very challenging time supporting electric vehicles. Yes, you know, I agree with so you 100%. I think in some ways, a lot of this is the cart before the horse. And so, mm -hmm. you know, these, the having a, a hybrid for electric or for urban driving is amazing. Now for your European listeners, you know, they also like going out to the country or any sort of mileage you know like we drive halfway across the country at least once a year if not yeah. more i can't imagine having an electronic or no. an electric vehicle to try yeah. you know then you have to find a charging station or figure out you know your mileage and you right. may be limited in your travel in a day just because of your electric vehicle so it's really it's really interesting watching this shift of everyone wanting to go full electric but I think that that's great. It's for not, urban areas. It's not it's realistic. Not, it's not realistic in a lot of uh, applications. So it'll be really interesting to see where it goes from here. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, Tesla does have a really good infrastructure set up. It's not perfect yet, but as much as I don't like sure. them, they, 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 they've really kind of thought it through with, you know, with charging infrastructure and, um, even their car and their battery technology, I have to admit, as much as I 
hate their products. They, their battery yeah. technology is better than anyone else in the auto industry. I mean, they're, they're unbeatable in certain aspects. Um, I, I agree. They're definitely ahead but, in the game. I but think people are catching up. Yeah, um, it's, it's true. A lot of these makers. Especially uh, Mercedes, which mm. a couple of years ago, they were making crap electric cars, but their newest one, the EQS, which just looks, it looks, looks like this. It quite <laughs> literally looks like a computer mouse. Um, <laughs> that doesn't is, surprise me. <laughs> it's so ugly, but they, it just beat out the Tesla Model S for going longer on a single charge than any other car ever made. It did over 400 miles. They did it in like California or something. Yeah. Um, but other, you know, electric uh, Ford, it's not a Mustang, but they call it a Mustang Lockheed. I love that car. I know you do. Which it, is I, I, <laughs> it, that car is everything I don't like in a car, but I, 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 I loved it. I, it's a crossover that's electric and it's pretending to be a sports car. <laughs> but it, it, that was a lovely car. Um, uh, Jaguar I-Pace, also a really good product. Um, Honestly, I, I actually really like the I-Pace. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a bit. I think it looks really good, but their proportions are just way off. It looks like it's front wheel drive, but it's not. It's just it's strange looking, but That's it's true. in a good way. I think if and you it, get it the drive up, well. Yeah, I think if you get the upgraded finishes mm-hmm. and the you know a, a good visual pack, yeah, they can look really good. But like any vehicle, it's like if you don't do some of those upgrades, they don't they do they look just off right. <laughs> i don't yeah. know how to describe that that was a terrible description but i love i love those but you really need some of the upgrades in order to get even them in my opinion easy. a little bit with the defender too yeah some defenders just don't that. look i mean i know a lot of people like a black defender i you know get what you want i don't think it's the i think it's the worst color you can get it just doesn't show off any of the lines of the car it looks cool you can pretend to be a james bond villain but <laughs> it's it's just kind of and that kind of goes with anything in black for my and yeah white not as much but in some cases white um i will say all of our vehicles are either black or white or gray and white yeah. or some variation of and i am so excited to get color back you know i and the bronco the bronco we're doing what color? The, uh we got the um the red the oh, okay i'm drawing a blank on is it it's the metallic the red. red yeah it's not oh, the red, red it's the um, why am i drawing a blank on it whatever the first edition it's not the race red it's not the rapid red it's a little more of the um muted metallic red yeah my sister's escape is called ruby red i don't yeah. know if that's what i know why am i drawing a blank on it I mean, edmunds.com to the rescue I know I created this thing forever. Oh, so exterior on the 20 years of 21, right? Oh, it says rapid red. Yeah. Rapid red metallic, is thing, rapid which red. is a lovely color. That's a really nice color. I like it. I, you know, growing up, we had an Explorer, which was actually a similar color. I can't remember what, yeah. you know, that paint color was called, but again, you know, I, I definitely lean towards those neutral colors and then, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm really looking forward to having color. And like I said, if I can custom order a Land Rover in the future, it's most likely going to be some variation of green. <laughs> yes. I would agree, you know, uh, it can be washed out in white or black. You know, black is very hard to keep clean. Yeah. And so it's nice to see people getting colors again. <laughs> even when it comes to like, like 
really dark colors it worked it, it some cars can be too dark like for example my dad's audi is blue but 95 percent of the time it looks black it's kind of hard to tell it's blue okay whereas like you know my mom's disco five which obviously you know you've seen it's obviously green even though it's really dark green it's, it's i like it's, that one's so pretty. That we, we, we can't get rid of. My, my mom always, she keeps saying, oh, I want to get a Porsche Macan. I want to get a Porsche Macan. And I'm like, it's a great car. Keep the Disco because you'll never, ever, ever find another one like it. Yeah. That, never... it, it's such a classic color combination. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. And I don't know if that's just where I am in the country. I, I rarely see that color combination. Oh, I hardly see any i mean in the, what's even crazier is i mean I'm, I'm sure i've told you in the past that was only available on the first model year for the discovery and they sold none of them in it uh one of my buddies who used to work for jlr he estimates i mean we don't really know for sure but he estimates there's probably maybe 200 at the very most in the country wow. that are painted that color that's surprising and not at the same time which when we don't see them yeah and that one came off a dealer lot um that was not a special order um when we my mom wanted the special order one but at the time was after the cutoff and they discontinued the color so and i i I don't remember the exact number but there was less than 10 green ones in the country that that was online that we could buy yeah. Um, my mom also liked a color called Scotia Gray, which they don't do anymore, which was another, like my other favorite color. It was like a gray, silver, green, blue type. It was a very interesting color. There was only one in the country. I was going to say, I don't even know if I've seen Scotia Gray. I'm going to yeah. Google that. They, they did that in the LR4 too. It looked really good in the LR4. Um, but yeah, yeah, but green is the, you know, I would have loved to. If, if they did a, a racing green defender, I would have gotten that, but I know my mom would not let me. Um, <laughs> I considered a wrap. Like I was yeah. like full committed. If I'm getting a defender, I'm wrapping it. Yeah. I can't get it. In the I mean, I assume you can get a wrap that they, I'm sure they can make wraps that are identical to a color, right? I mean, you could they give could, them, yeah. you could give them Land Rover's paint coat and they can, yeah. It might yeah. be hard to do the metallic because it might that technology though I'm really every time something comes out you know I'm really impressed that uh, that's even an option you know just obviously used to be color change and painting your vehicle and now it's full wrap that if and to the untrained eye no one knows no one understands what that is you know so it's really interesting and it's cheaper it is cheaper a lot cheaper well, and like just resale, like no one wants a repainted vehicle, yeah. you know, because like then under the hood and in your door jams, it might be the original color. So right. um, to my knowledge, I'm fairly positive they can color match almost any color uh, unless for some reason it's restricted by the brand, you yeah. know, so. Of course, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, I saw um, not too long ago, my dealer had a, Range Rover in the S SVO British Racing Green, the one that's you know the $4,500, one. And I was like, how can that thing, how how can that be better than Aintree Green? <laughs> and, then, and then and then like it was dark in the dealer, and then it was cloudy, and then the clouds went away, and the sun just shined inside. And I was like, 
oh, that's why. I mean, because it was like the metallic <laughs> in the Atrium is insanely good. Yeah, that thing is ten times better, and I'm not exaggerating. It, it was wow. just like, I mean, now if I got if I got a Range Rover, I'd be like, yeah, I, I get that color. That's what I I pay that extra money, and then I'd have a clear wrap put on it so yeah. it doesn't get damaged. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. So I think I'm gonna wrap it up here. So Kristen, why don't you tell everyone where can uh social media like Instagram mainly Instagram because that's what you're on most. Yeah, right. I I have Facebook, but I don't I'm not on it for much more than the groups. So yeah. um I am on at L R four five uh F I V E. Uh I do my best. They're mostly iPhone pictures <laughs> of my cars, but we do try to take our kids places and uh give them some great life experiences and some uh fun times in our vehicles so (laughs) that's what I love you know you take your kids out and you know do things and you know not other kids might not do all the time or you know to go experience you know get outside and do all that which I never did yeah that explains a lot but uh that's why I'm not very much of outdoorsy person but it's great and it's funny though, you know, I, I grew up in Colorado, but I grew up in the country club and yeah. my dad had really severe allergies. So it was not a childhood of hiking and backcountry and being outdoors, but we did have a 35 acre horse ranch. And because my dad had bad allergies, we didn't live on there, but that's where I learned to drive. That's where, you know, i bailed hay for my horses and learned yeah. the fences and so I got that experience but my husband's really the one that introduced me to backcountry outdoors uh hiking mountain biking etc so it's fun to introduce that to our kids because yeah it's an amazing opportunity you know so yeah that's interesting grateful. <laughs> I think the people that come from Colorado you don't think that's like all they do is go hiking and biking and <laughs> Yeah, camping, and it's just like it makes sense. Of course, your dad had allergies, but yeah. I guess it's his idea of outdoors was going golfing. It, yes, percent. Yeah. Which yeah. you know, I mean, I still grew up being outdoors. It was just a different variation. Right, <laughs> right. And so. that's yeah, that's how it is was for me. If I was outside, I'm, I was, I was playing tennis, but I played tennis inside. Um, <laughs> Or, you know, swimming in the neighborhood or cutting the grass, but yeah, yeah, but I mean, you can't, yeah, it's, um, it'd be a big ask to get me to go camping, but I'll, I know I'll, <laughs> I'll give in at some point. You know what? It took me a long time and now I'm the instigator, you know, like yeah. your husband works, works so hard and I'm like, okay, where are we going? Like, we got to do something. I, you know, it sounds crazy, but with three kids, life is crazy, but they tend to be more grounded when we are out in open nature in open space, whatever it is, it's maybe not less chaotic. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a shift in they are happy out yeah. there. And so, you know, like these walls close in pretty quickly. I just, we have to be outside. I don't care what it is, yeah. <laughs> you know? Of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, like I said, Kristen, thank you so much for coming on. And um, everyone, go follow her on Instagram at LR45 and uh, follow along with her adventures. We'll see you (laughs) on the next episode. Bye-bye.